That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone, and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. But that's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Well, we are now live. Oh, that's a way to start a Retro Fandango right there. But let me tell you, you won't be yawning for long because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I got I noticed you added quite a bit. So let's just get to it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Retro Fandango, episode number 190, creeping up on 200. Seven year anniversary, seven years. I said the whole month long. It's a month long celebration. And uh, Richard and I have been together. For so long, after seven years, you need some visual aids to help you along with the show. So we'll have some visual aids later on. The, the Dukes show. of Hazard? No, that was just a fluke file that was on my on my computer. And I was wondering what it was there. And you happened to see it. But we got some other stuff. Got some other we stuff. could do that. Just one episode. Instead of uh, saying anything, we just post the just, audio from Dukes of Hazard. Just us watching the Dukes of Hazard, but see, yeah. we'd get flagged. They take down our our video Nobody on YouTube. These. You got to get alive. I don't know. Well, I people do watch. They do watch, and they they listen too. I got in their cars. In their cars, there's proof. It's out there. People speaking of listening to things in your car. Before I get the house cleaning, I might as well talk this because it's it's a good segue. Um, mm. I was uh, there. There was a Canadian election. There was a snap election. Um, and what I like about our parliament system is that there are different choices. Uh, you know, like in the states, you got your choice of basically Coke and Pepsi. You got one or two choices, right? Pretty much. In Canada, we have like several different choices. Hey, here's Bill. What is this? I'm here until here the ribs until are the done. Ribs are done. Did you did you break your ribs, Bill? Get them all making, patched up. Is he making ribs in that air fryer? Is that where you make ribs in the air fryer? Ooh. Sarah made ribs the other day. They were quite tasty. I would I like made, some pics of your ribs. I made chili today because it's cold. It's a cool day, so I figured today was a good day for chili. Anyways, we have several different parties. One of the disadvantages of having so many parties is the votes are split. They're fragmented. They're spread out all over the place, right? So it's very hard for one party to get a majority government. So most of the time you get this minority government that has to make deals with other parties, which is nice um, in some stance. Because, you know, like, you know, you wouldn't want, like, total power to one party where they're just making all decisions and not talking to the other you know, other ideas and and that out there. Um, Okay. But, you know, the other thing is that the prime minister has like a huge window when he can call an election. It's not like the states where you have like a regimented every four years to call an election. He's got a a window of like a year and a half, 18 months or something like that, maybe more, two years or something, where he can call an election at any time. So because of the pandemic and he was doing well with the pandemic and the other parties are, in disarray, he thought that, you know, this would be a good time to call an election because we're doing really well and the other parties are, are tanking. So he called, snap calls an election. This is Trudeau. It's 
to do an election and everybody's like, what are you doing calling an election in the middle of a pandemic? This is stupid. Why are we spending money and resources on this? So he actually went down in the polls hmm. and he didn't get anything. Like he had a minority government before he thought he could get a majority government, ends up getting another minority government. And it was all a wash. Like we went, we did this snap election. It's nice because it starts and in six weeks it's over. It's not like in the States where it's just like a year and a half of campaigning and just keeps going and going and who's going to run for president and oh, just goes on forever whereas this was six weeks done cost us 600 million dollars but you know Ooh. i was gonna fun. say maybe it's uh financially a little bit easier because you don't have all that much time yeah well yeah it doesn't cost as much mo- as much money as an american election we also only have 30 million 35 million people compared to 300 million in the states but anyways 600 million is a lot for Canadians to spend on an election. So anyways, long story short, I started, I, because this election came up so fast in that I started listening to more talk radio in, in the car and I'm listening to this talk radio and there's this new, uh, Clint Eastwood commercial or a Clint Eastwood movie. And there's a commercial for it. Mm-hmm. It's called cry macho or something. Cry like macho. Cry macho. So this, I didn't even hear this movie, right? I'm just driving along in the car and I hear I hear the announcer guy, you know, the classic announcer guy comes on. He's like, Clint Eastwood. And I'm like, oh, okay, Clint Eastwood. And then all I hear is. <laughs> and I'll keep in mind, it's AM radio and I'm driving in the car and it's not the best, but still like. <laughs> I'm like, what is, what is he talking about? And, you know, director of the best picture thing, like the announcer guy comes on. Right. And then it's more. <laughs> I, I I got some of the commercial here. It doesn't work as well with like headphones and stuff like that. But just imagine, you know, it's it's AM radio. You're driving in the car. It's so a little bit of car noise. Legendary filmmaker can... Clint Eastwood See, the rides again. And then... Like anything else in life, you think you got all the answers, and you realize you get old and you don't have. Any what the? What are you talking about? Is this commercial screwed up? Comes a story. And announcer guy comes in. Oh, okay, it's fine. And then he keeps talking. I don't know what's wrong with this video. <laughs> Stuck right on a punch. <laughs> but anyways, you get the point. I, I totally get the point. I watched this trailer, um, I don't know, a week or two ago, whenever it came out. And yeah, Clint Eastwood, yeah, dude can retire. He's 91. He's 91. He's done his it's bit. It's something. It's, it's admirable that he's still out there working, but it's kind of hard to take him seriously as the actor, you know, punching somebody in the face as a 91 year old man <laughs> i know like 90 like we had this discussion when we were talking about the new indiana jones movie i was talking to a bunch some friends and they were they were like well yeah he's old now for this movie but he was fine for the crystal skull i'm like no he was still in his 70s like guys in their 70s they they hurt themselves you go mm-hmm. to try to punch someone you hurt yourself you're not i don't care if you're indiana jones or whatever you're a 71 year old man you're just you're that, that's what the that's what you do you hurt yourself you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, Stallone is right around 70 now, isn't he? And he still yeah. looks like a beast. Yeah. You know, some people can pull it off. I, I, I can't really buy him as an action hero anymore, but no. he still looks like a capable old man that you wouldn't want to mess with. He does have a lot of, of meat on him, but he's not. Clint Eastwood is skin and bones. Yeah. Hey, look at this. we got a bunch wow. of people in here. we got Steven in here. Complain about something already. Yeah, what, that's what this show's about. Uh, 
Kyle. Yay, it's Richard and Kevin. Wow, someone's excited to see us. Mm-hmm. And Duke's here. Well, you know what? I got a bill. You know, I'm going to get to Duke right now because I got a bone to pick with him. Let's see. A boner to pick. <laughs> Very good. I haven't even got to the house cleaning yet. Tell that to Jagger. Yeah, well, Jagger, it's like dancing around. That's fine. We're talking about beating guys up. I don't think Mick Jagger actually beats people up, as far as I know. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, if you if you're just going out there and entertaining, you know, for for your own thing, music is one thing. But I don't know when when you're supposed to be portraying a character, it's a little tough. Yeah, All someone right, who's looking pretty good at ninety though, William Shatner. Saw Shatner. him do something uh, not too long ago, and he, he's sharp. He, he's doing an interview, and he is very fast for a ninety year old. Shatner's magic. His superpower is that he doesn't care he just does not care somebody says something to him and it just i'm william shatner i don't care (laughs) like you know i whatever i say goes all right let's get the house cleaning out of the way first let's do this so before i forget uh cartridge club was playing horizon zero dawn for the next uh, few days and then next month quick quick save club reunion happening on the cartridge club Oh, the Quick Save Club boys will be getting together to play Diablo 2. Wow. The original or the remaster, either one goes, whichever one you want to do. So check that out. Put a bolo out for that. Be on the lookout. Uh, RF Gen is playing the Shinobi games for this month. Uh, Shadow Dancer, Revenge of Shinobi, and Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master. And next month, for October, they got Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Just a DLC, a DLC game. So that's, that's interesting. Now, what's uh, the big deal going on? I see so many people posting about uh, there's Genesis games going on the Nintendo Switch or something. Hasn't that been a thing for a while now? Genesis game, Sega games on Nintendo at least, consoles? At least since the Wii. You could since get the GameCube, game. there have been like Sonic the Hedgehog games. I th- not saw Sega Genesis games, though. Oh, is that it? Like, there were never Genesis games? Well, I don't know. I think that's what you said. <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know. I remember getting that um, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection. Wasn't that like 10, 15 years ago that came out? That, that was on the Xbox 360. That didn't come out on the uh, no. Nintendo? No. No. Right. But on the Wii, you could buy those Sega Genesis games on the Wii Shop. Right? right, whatever it's called, virtual console. Uh, yeah, beat the bandy this month. Craziness happening over there. Uh, it's the game is Sequest on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Mm-hmm. My favorite Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. I think I've been removed from all pedestals. You had a pretty good score the- there. Was it like a hundred seventy or sixty nope. or something like that? Yeah, it was one sixty three. I think. Somewhere, something like that, and then I have not been able to reach it again. <laughs> I don't, yeah, okay. That's what happened to me for a, for a while. It's if like... I keep if I keep playing playing this game, I will get better at it. And instead, I I I don't know how I reached that score in the first place. I now I play it, <laughs> I get to one thirty, I get to one forty, and it just that that's my average, like one thirty, one forty. It's like you can hit up there, and then occasionally you get that lucky streak where you just seem to be. I don't know. It's like like you lose control. You're in that zone. 
Uh, I can't find that lucky streak. Uh, so I don't know. I think I'm going to retire at 163. I saw that you got over 200, though. You're in the 200 club. I think you are in uh, the club. It's just you and Duke. You're the only two people, I think, have gotten over 200. Unless somebody posts something uh, while I was asleep, I, I think, yeah. Duke is still leaps and bounds. He, he is a dot on the horizon. He's on the 300. A yeah. Substantial lead. Still. still. Fun game. Really good. Yeah, it is. Game. It is. It's a great game. It's the... Um, I, I keep getting impressed by the game design because you got... Basically, you've got four levels in the bottom of where like the, the enemies go. There's like four different levels they, they operate on. Yeah. Plus you got the surface where that sub goes by. But if you're really careful, you can go between those two and occasionally get lucky and you can like zip between. Yeah. It's the, really tough. Cause the fish do the little wave thing, right? The so sharks kinda... go up and down. So yeah. it's hard to, to uh, gauge it. And it also throws it off like when you're trying to shoot, if those sharks are going up and down and they're going at a good speed, they can go right over your, oh, yeah. your torpedoes and then yeah. like crash into you. It's so well designed. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was better at it, but yeah. Uh, anyways, the reason why I've been trying to get to these house cleaning things, my buddy Deke has a new show he's starting tonight. So go mm -hmm. check that out. It uh, starts at 7 p.m. tonight on YouTube. His channel is Thunder Bay Arena Rock. The name of the show is Scotch on the Rocks, and it's all about rock and roll. Tonight he has uh, Greg Frazier from Stormforce on, uh, a legit musician, legit rock and roll star. Go check it out, 7 p.m. tonight. And if you're listening to this in your car later on, you can still go to YouTube and check it out. So. Give my buddy Deke there a thumbs up and a watch, and there he is. Look at that; he's already, he's in there for his <laughs> for his plug. <laughs> Thanks for Showed the show. No that. problem. Oh, what are people saying over here? I'm missing out. Uh, it's part of Nintendo's paid online service. Okay, so I guess the the paid online service has only been doing Nintendo games. So maybe this is the first other than Nintendo games. Is that what's going on? It's the. Genesis games you can get everywhere else for like the past twenty years. Yeah, they even they've have been everywhere. Yeah, it's on it's on Steam, on the Xbox. I don't know about PlayStation, but it's probably there. You have to pay extra for them. I don't know. I don't know why people get excited for games from the eighties and, and they get to play them again. Like they get to pay for them again. Yeah, I mean, different... it's like you probably have all of these games in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, like I could see if you were if you were a little kid, right, and you just got the Switch, and you've heard about whatever Sega Genesis, you heard about Sonic Two, and everybody goes on about how great of a game it is. Now you got an opportunity to play it on on your Switch. I could see that, but I don't know these guys that have had these games forever and are excited to play them again or something. Like you can play them on. Pretty much anything. And I don't know. Kids are probably so savvy now. They just got it on the computer or whatever. They probably don't need it on the Switch. On their phones. On the phone, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. All right. Okay, so my... Uh, let's see. Where are we at here? Yeah, let's do this. Okay, so we were talking about... Well, you're going to talk about the Retro Nonsense podcast one-year anniversary. But before we get to that, 
I, I, I'm a little behind. I'm caught up mm-hmm. now. I listened to, but I, I finally listened to their cartoon, uh, the top 10 Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. And I thought their lists were pretty good. They both had pretty good lists, but there was a lot of things missing. A lot of things missing. And in fact, I, I can only give them, I can only give them half points each like are you gonna bring up that raccoon show that every canadian talks about that wasn't a saturday morning cartoon that was a i believe that was a sunday cartoon in fact i don't think i have i have a canadian in a cartoon but i don't have any canadian cartoons on my list wolverine's canadian wolverine is not wolverine's not on my list i don't think smoggies were canadian I think smoggies. smoggies. <laughs> I think smoggies were just a, a show that some Canadian channels got on the cheap and were able to play them a lot. But they are not on my list. What I have in my hands is the actual definitive list. You heard a couple of lists, and they were okay, but they were really only five out of tens. They were seriously just like they're five out of tens because they got five cartoons that I would have picked at, that's on my list, but the the other five were not, and they were they didn't even get an honorable mention. Some of these. It's, it's it's ridiculous. So let me give you now the definitive list, the definitive Saturday morning cartoon list. So we'll get to the ones that du- that Duke and Chris did mention. Uh, they mentioned the Smurfs. I would have to put the Smurfs on my list because that was pretty big. That was a pretty big show. Uh, Scooby Doo, of course. Um, I was never a fan of Scooby Doo. I like I like Scooby Doo and Scooby Doo is like the kind of cartoon I would wake up early to watch. So I would I would have to put it on my like out of all those old like Fat Albert, the uh, Flintstones, Jetsons, all in that era of cartoons, I think Scooby Doo is the one, the standout one for me. So I put those on my list. Um, Muppet Babies that definitely made my list as well. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? Oh, yeah. And Spider-Man and his amazing friends. So those okay. were the ones that lined up, that we lined up. So that, I was good with those. Quick quick note about Spider-Man and his amazing friends. In that Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 game, uh, Spider-Man, Iceman, and Firestar are all playable characters. And when you go talk to Firestar... Uh, one of the dialogue trees says something about, you know, what, what's it like to be here with Spider-Man and Iceman? She says something like, it's great to have such amazing friends. Oh, a nice little. Hey, oh, hey, oh, look at this. Steven with the Smoggies facts. The Smoggies is a 1988, 1991 French Canadian animated children's television show by Sinar. Which reached the United States in 1991. Well, I have never heard of the Smoggies. Color me corrected and color me still not caring. So that's great. That's great, Stephen. Um, yeah, and Duke says all good choices. Yeah, these are the ones that you chose. Just wait. We haven't got to the ones that you have that you your misses yet. I well, I'm pretty sure I know one that you're going to say because I was shocked that it didn't well uh, get mentioned. It did get an honorable mention. So I was. I wasn't pleased, but at least the real Ghostbusters got an honorable mention. Okay. Wasn't, wasn't impressed that it wasn't on the list. Now, there, these are the five. There are five here 
that should have made their list that were not on their list. I'm very disappointed. And I'll also say that they lost points too for guys. Come on. Pee Wee's Playhouse is not a cartoon. That got me. Cause if I were making a list and suddenly someone said Pee Wee's Playhouse, I'm like that's not, that's it's not, not a, a cartoon. cartoon. You said it's cartoons. A if you said children's programming. Yes. Saturday morning programming. Yes. Because then you can open it up to anything, you know, like, yeah, that, that, that's you, you'd have some younger people putting saved by the bell on their list. Yeah, exactly. So no, 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 no. Pee Wee's Playhouse can. It was a live action show that could be cartoony, a great show, but and, yep. not a cartoon, not a cartoon. No. And you know, I honestly, I was, I personally was never a huge fan of it. I did like it i'm not going to say it was a bad show it just it still wouldn't make my top 10 but anyways not a cartoon so you guys both lose points for that and number two this might be a little more controversial but i don't think you should be able to include the bugs bunny cartoons because those are not saturday morning cartoons those were cartoons that were designed they were repackaged in many different ways yes but and many kids grew up cartoon. watching them on Saturday mornings. They're not a Saturday morning cartoon. They are. They were originally short films that were to designed to attract adults to come into the theater and spend money on watching a movie. So they're they're on a whole different level. Plus, Duke didn't even say Bugs Bunny. He just said every cartoon that came out before 1960 is on my list. <laughs> he did group Mickey a Mouse, lot of different Tom and Jerry, things together. Uh, uh, yeah, Woody Mighty Woodpecker, Mouse, all Woody that Woodpecker, Mighty yeah, Mouse all together. That, that's a little uh, shaky. There. That's insane. Chris should have ended the show right there. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Out of here. That's insane. Okay, so here are the here are the five that should have been mentioned that did not get a mention. Now, these are right in the 80s, so they have no excuse to not include Garfield and Friends. That was an excellent cartoon. Mm. It was very well done. Way better than the comic strip, because I think the comic strip is notorious for only having 20 to 25 jokes that they just retell over and over again. But the cartoon split. It was excellent. I mean, they had, they had a character named Sheldon. That was an eggshell that would walk around with its feet out, but he couldn't come out of his shell yet. He was very shy and everything. And I really identified with that character. So that, that was cool. That was in the U.S. Acres section, the, the end yes, friends. that's right. That was an excellent cartoon. Okay, another one. I used to watch this every – this is the Canadian in a cartoon. Can you guess it, Richard? Canadian in a cartoon. He was in the title. Was it he? Canadian in a cartoon. Captain Canuck and Very the close. Knuckleheads. Very close with the with the CC. Uh, I, I don't know. Was this something that broadcast outside of Canada? Yes. Yes. It was actually an American cartoon, but it starred John Candy. And it was called Camp Oh, Candy. Camp Candy. Yeah, I watched that. You guys should be embarrassed that you didn't even mention it. Camp Candy. Come on. Okay, now these other three. You can throw some shade at me, but Chris Roberts did mention the X-Men cartoon. Mm-hmm. So that to me means that the 90s are open, right? If you're going to go into the X-Men cartoon in the 90s, these next three are all in the 90s. 
They should be embarrassed if they're not. They didn't mention Animaniacs. They both claim to be Steven Spielberg fans. I, I'm going to guess, like where I grew up, Animaniacs was primarily an, an afternoon, like weekday afternoon show. But they were... I know, because uh, even Batman, the animated series, like occasionally got on a Saturday, but no, no, it, no. it was an after school thing. No, no, no. It was on the WB on Saturday mornings. Maybe where you were. I don't know. I didn't even get the WB where I was. Now, like I said, they, these two these two could be a little bit controversial because maybe where you watch them, yes, they, they weren't. But technically, they are Saturday morning cartoons because the WB network aired them on their Saturday morning. So they aired Animaniacs and Batman the Animated Series, Strike 1 and Strike 2 from the 90s. And the number one that they missed out, if they're going to mention X-Men cartoon, you got to mention the show that was a lead-up into the X-Men cartoon, the show that I would get up and watch, 10 a.m. on Fox, right before the X-Men, The Tick. How could you not mention the Almighty uh, Come on. That is a huge, huge, huge swing and a miss. They, well, I am on the younger side of this uh, this uh, discussion here, so I might be a few years after you guys, but I, I don't think they are of the tick generation. I want to say they were probably a little beyond cartoons by that Listen, point. If they, if they didn't say X-Men, if there was no mention of the X-Men, I'd say, okay, well, maybe the 90s are out. Maybe they're sticking solely to their childhood. And I'd, I'd be okay. But X-Men, Chris Roberts is like, I don't know, 10, 15 years older than me. So he had to be like 45 <laughs> when when the X-Men cartoon was out. So no way. never saw The Tick. There you go. Not sure it was on Saturday mornings. What's that? The Tick? It was absolutely on Saturday mornings. And these guys are going out about Animaniacs being on in the afternoon. But it was. That was an afternoon. Cartoon. It counts. Go check it out. It was on WB. WB, I believe, was like the last network that was still running. I want to say that a lot of those, like uh, Batman, Animaniacs, if they showed up on a Saturday, it was usually like a rerun. You know, you'd get all the new episodes in the weekday afternoons, and then maybe you'd get like a repeat on a Saturday. Look, you go fight it out with the official word on the WB website. And they, they have it as their Saturday morning cartoon. Well, so, I want to say I enjoyed the whole episode about Saturday morning cartoons. I'm oh, not I enjoyed it too. anything. Oh, I nitpicked it though. Except that if I were to make a list, I would have, I, I think there should be a clear separation between Bugs Bunny style cartoons and animated adventure style cartoons because that's where i had my biggest uh challenge of trying to rank these things because a show where <laughs> yes kyle said did tvs even exist when kevin was little <laughs> very fine and had shadow puppets and, and, and marbles. <laughs> now we had radio. We would listen to Little Orphan Annie, <laughs> Orphan Annie. On, on the radio. Now, I, I think um, shows like X-Men or Batman or Spider-Man that had like a story, like an adventure, or the G.I. Joes and Transformers and stuff. That's one style cartoon. 
and then the anything goes of of you know animated shorts bugs bunny and rocky and bullwinkle that kind of cartoon is, is kind of a different beast uh because i yeah, i can't they were com- i can't were- compare like which is better looney tunes or batman you know they're, they're completely different styles I yeah i can't do that yeah. yeah and i was surprised there was no mention of rocky and bullwinkle Okay, so that for me definitely was an after-school cartoon. I never saw that on Saturday mornings. Hmm. And I saw that, like, of course, way late. Like, Rocky and Blue Winkle is one of those cartoons that's better when you're older. There, there was a lot of quick wordplay in that uh, show. Yeah. And definitely a lot more. It was, again, those cartoons that were kind of aimed at adults a little bit. Mm-hmm. So self-aware adults that were writing these things, knowing it would be fun for kids, but you know, sneaking in the, the humor that mom and dad would enjoy. Uh, Eric, the mighty Q dog wants to know if we were on team Garfield or team Heathcliff. I never liked Heathcliff, the comic strip. And I can't remember much of the show, but Heathcliff has one of the greatest opening theme songs of all time. I love that theme. I don't think I've ever seen the cartoon. Uh, it's Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. There's another <laughs> no, show I've where, never seen that. Where they yeah. would, you know, you had the Heathcliff thing and then you had the Cadillac Cats doing their thing. And they never, I don't think they ever crossed over. Kind of like a Garfield and the U.S. Acres. Yeah. Mm, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I only can go by the comic strip and uh, frankly, they both suck. Um, but I guess I did like Garfield when I was like, like a little kid, like a, fr- a friend of mine had those, remember those Garfield books? They would come in, they were like a little bit flat and like a, dip, a dip, rectangle. Dip. Yeah, you got them. That's right. We've talked about this before. I, I don't have any, I don't think I have any of those anymore. I do have the Garfield Christmas one. Okay. I have it somewhere. Um, but just the other day, I was I was looking at my, my Garfield treasury. <laughs> it's one of the big ones. There's a great one in here about Garfield sitting in John's scrambled eggs. He, he just like walks up. He's like, Garfield, you're sitting in my scrambled eggs. And he's like, they're warm. And then he, he gets up and he's like, all right, go ahead, eat your eggs. And he's like, I don't want them. He sat in them. They're ruined. And he grabs them by the neck. He's like, just because I sat in your stupid scrambled eggs doesn't mean they're diseased or something. And he starts shoving them down his throat. Oh, <laughs> that's insane. That's wonderful. Garfield is very abusive. All right, let's see here. Chris Roberts says, appreciate the review, but Batman and Animaniacs were mon- Monday to Friday cartoons in my yes, area. Absolutely. Also, it would be like saying MASH was a Friday show because it was in syndication. Well, doesn't that counter your argument? MASH was a Friday show because it was in syndication. Uh, yeah, right. No, I, I'm, I'm with them. I think that no, was it, a Monday it, through Friday cartoon. That's hold on. No, no, no. Primary the airing. The fir- the premiere airings was on WB on Saturday morning. The premiere you know, for Batman was in the evenings. I remember on the, WB. The first, I I don't know. I think this might have been before it became the WB. But I remember the first time I ever saw the Batman animated cartoon. They played it at night. It was like a special. Like, hey, check this out. And then it settled into its Monday through Friday time slot after school. Oh, I see. Well, 
Honestly, I don't really care. <laughs> Just having fun. I don't care. Okay. Uh, yes, Garfield Halloween. My boat's gone. My candy's gone. Dead pirates are coming any minute. That is a great yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, the, the the Garfield Hall- Halloween special and the um, Christmas special were both mm-hmm. both excellent. That cartoon was, was good. Yeah, I understand what you're saying now, Chris. It, it don't matter. Who cares? Anyways, we got a lot to get through, so let's move on. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was just having some fun. I really don't care. Whatever. You guys did a great show. Just having fun. Um, what else do we want to talk about? COVID update. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, was there any fallout or anything from the Olympics in Japan? Like, was there any sort of super spreader thing or anything like that? Anything crazy None happened? that I've heard of. Numbers, uh, well, numbers did go up for a bit uh, right after that. Um, kind of spiked again, but recently they're they're on the decline. Okay. Like in my area, we were kind of in two digits of uh, you know how many people are getting infected on a daily basis, uh, and then it, it went up to like a hundred, over a hundred, and now it's dipping back down to like in the twenties or so. Okay, that has anyone. Uh, has there been any sort of like uh, you need to prove that you are vaccinated? To no, get that whole vaccine passport thing, it, it sounds ridiculous to me. As far as I understand it, they're doing it in select areas in the states like uh, New York and a couple other places. But I, I don't like the idea of that whole vaccine passport thing. Well, it's uh, taken over Ontario. <laughs> I, got, I got my passport. It's kind of ridiculous. It's just a PDF file that anyone yeah. can. Uh, any anyone can. I, I imagine anyone could just make up a. I'm sure all of the uh, minimum yeah. wage college kids who are checking these things are being very thorough. It's just a, a PDF like that. There is yeah. some like watermark in there, but it's not like anything crazy. There's nothing incriminating in there, is there? Oh, my birthday's on there. Not like anyone can read it. Anyways, well, they got it here, and people are going crazy, like saying this is like Nazi Germany and stuff like that. And why does everything got to go to Nazi Germany? Anytime like someone wants, like something happens, it's got to, like, do they not like understand like there's a big chunk of nuance between we want to know if you've been vaccinated before you come in here and infect everyone with COVID 19 versus mm-hmm. are you a Jew or not? Like that's there's <laughs> a huge difference, you know, I don't know. Anyways. So there was no follow from the Olympics. They had that Olympic thing and everybody came there and there was, there was nothing. The only, the only crazy thing that happened with the Olympics that uh, no one talks about uh, is that the, it was in the Paralympics when they're doing the opening ceremony. Uh, they're, they're bringing out the flag, the Japanese flag and then, you know, they pass it off to the military and then they go raise it up the pole. Mm-hmm. They put it on wrong. Oops. Yeah. And, and nobody <laughs> talks about it. Was it upside was down? It live, you know, the flag goes this way. Yeah. But it, it went up like, oh. vertically. <laughs> I was worse. like, how is that even possible? How do, how do you screw that up? It should be. In are, that. are there even like hooks and fastenings yeah. on the other side? Yeah. But it went up vertically, and I was my wife is like, is there some reason? Like, is this like a Paralympic thing? Is is that some symbol when you put it on sideways? And then they quickly cut away, and then the next time you see it, it's flying properly. (laughs) But nope, no mention on the news here. I thought it would make some international buzz, but nobody talks about it. 
Let's quickly cover it up. Never happened. Insane. I don't know what to believe anymore, man. I thought that Olympics might have been like a super spreader event or something. And everything in the States is all open and all that. And here, everything's still closed. They tried, they opened up everything in Alberta back in Dean's province. And uh, at the beginning of uh, the summer, everything's open. We're just going to go, go crazy. And now they have to lock everything down again because they went too crazy. I don't know. What is the truth? Like, what is like, you see the sky dome, Half full. It's like fifteen thousand people in there, and they're all crammed in there. They keep the roof open, but uh, you know, I don't know. Is that is is that okay? And then they're they're talking about starting hockey, and like the NHL coming in. They want they want to go to full capacity, and everyone's like, "Oh no, you can't do that because everyone's going to get sick." But yeah, you got everybody in in the Sky Dome. Uh, is it because the roof is open that it's okay? I like I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, nobody knows. That's the whole thing. Is nobody knows. <laughs> what's okay and what's not okay. I don't know. It's not the kind of thing that's just going to get better. It's just, nobody knows. No, no, I don't know either. Well, just keep not knowing. I I was just shocked though. Like uh, as of a month, two months ago, anytime I turn on the news and I see something going on in the U S it's like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of people there. Nobody's wearing masks anymore. Yeah. Everybody's just uh, walking um, around. Did they're increasing. Pandemic finish. Well, here's the, here's the other dumb thing. So with this with this passport, for instance, you like if if you want to get into a restaurant, you have to show your your passport to get into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to get into a mall, you don't have to show it. So in theory, you can go to a mall, go to the food court and have some food there. Mm-hmm. And no one knows whether or not you've been vaccinated or not, but you can't get into the restaurant. Like I don't know. None of it makes any sense to me. Well, there, there's pr- usually fewer people at a mall than at a restaurant. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess it's a little more open, but I, I, I don't know. That was a joke because there's, oh, there's tons people of people in a mall. Well, it's more. It it is more open. But I yeah, I've been to like the mall on like a at noon on a Saturday, and it's just you can't even get a, a table, even though they have like 130 tables or something. I don't you know. know. But people still wearing masks in your area, or is that like 50-50 if you want to, you, you do? I mean, outside, most people don't wear masks. You still see some people wearing masks, but whatever. And then some people, uh, but indoors, indoors, pretty much everyone wears masks, but it's more of a common courtesy thing. Like, I don't want to, if I have anything, I don't want to spread the COVID, no. you know, like today. Well, that, that's That's how it's been here, just, you know regular for for the entire time i've been in this country is you know people if you are sick you tend to wear a mask so that it's a courtesy to other people it's just people here don't mind wearing masks yeah it's not a new thing yeah let's see what chris roberts here says new york and san francisco had passed strict indoor event laws will be interesting how this plays out once the nba and nhl start up yeah yeah that's what they're trying to figure out here right now because nhl is huge here and I don't know. They want to load them up. And I, I don't know, like a rink is, is enclosed. So I, is it like the outdoor? Th- because back in the day, like, you know, before COVID, if it started to sprinkle at all, they would close that roof on the Sky Dome because the, there's no drainage in the Sky Dome. Uh, it's not like a regular baseball field where if it rains, the rain has somewhere to go. Underneath the, the Sky Dome is a parking lot. So if it rains, the water's going down in the parking lot and there's, and there's flooding. Also, I think they got rid of it, but the the mound used to be on hydraulics because they'd have the football 
team play there as well. So they would lower the mound uh, for football and then they would raise it for baseball. But I think that's been taken out because they kicked out the football team. So I think it's a regular mound now, but there's still no drainage underneath. So anytime it would just sprinkle and they'd start closing that roof. Now it's like, it's raining a little bit and they leave it open. So I don't know. Oops. Sorry. Didn't mean to hit that. Okay. Well, we solved the COVID. That's good. Hey, you did it. Uh, You want to talk about your tea kettle whistles and fish grills? Oh, that's a fun story. Um, (laughs) Sounds it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other night uh, we're sitting down at dinner and I wanted to uh, boil some water so I could have a cup of tea. So I put the kettle on and turned it on and I made sure to flip down the little whistle thingy on on the kettle. Yeah. And as I did that, I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, 20, 20, 30 years ago, when my grandfather would do that, because uh, my grandfather was notorious for putting the kettle on and then walking off to the other room, sitting down and watch TV. And then uh, one of us would walk into the kitchen and just hear this like pinging of, of metal you know, just uh, heating and expanding. All the water evaporated. <laughs> All the water had boiled <laughs> off and it's just the, the kettle sitting on the stove. And we'd, we'd get nervous because it was like an old kettle. Mm-hmm. And it was, this was back in the 80s and 90s. And that was a stove from like the, the 50s or 60s. So it, I think it was like a time bomb. It was one of those oldie time stoves that you had to light a match and get in there to, to light the oven. Uh, so we'd always, you know, have to tell them, hey, you know, put, put the whistle on when you do this. So I was thinking about that as I set the kettle. It was strange. And I, I sit down, I'm starting to eat. And then suddenly I hear this uh, beeping. And the beeping on, on my uh, burner there is the warning that it's overheating and it's going to turn itself off. Uh-oh. So I was like, huh, that's strange. I'm, I'm confident I put enough water in there. It can't possibly have. Uh, boiled off already it was on there for just a couple minutes so i walk around in the kitchen that's when i see all the smoke you turned on the wrong burner see uh what you got to understand here (laughs) is the the fish grill is a common staple in a japanese house we don't have the big ovens it's just not done here so we've got like a separate the thing that looks like a microwave is like an electric oven and we use that for for baking and stuff but for general purpose you've got a fish grill which um it's if you google it you can see what these things look like but it's basically you got three or four burners on the top and then the front face there's a little mini grill that pops out and you cook your fish in there or some other things So the little drawer comes out the middle and then to the left of the drawer, there's one button. That's your, your button for the grill itself. And then to the right of that, there are three buttons and those are the three buttons for the burners on top. So like left, right, center. So it's very easy to see, but I have on occasion put the kettle on the left burner and then push the left most button, which is actually the one for the fish grill. And I usually catch myself. Like, I do that, and I'm like, oh, the other one's lighting on me. I was in such a rush, I didn't realize. So I turned on the wrong burner for the fish grill. And the problem here, which 
normally wouldn't be a problem is that uh, we had just finished cooking a bunch of chicken wings on there. So there was an aluminum foil sheet full of grease in there. So when I hit that button, it turned it on full power. And I came over, I just saw smoke coming out of the back. <laughs> There's like an exhaust thing that goes up to the, um, uh, the range hood dry everything out now luckily the range hood i always turn that on when i put a burner on because you, you get a little bit of that gas smell so it was it was sucking the stuff out really fast but uh, i pulled the fish grill open and flames shot up into my face all the oil had ignited i closed the thing up and then the flames started shooting out of the burner like the the exhaust thing in the back oh i was God. like oh this is not good and by this point my kids my wife everybody was around seeing this um, but my wife's quick. So while I was like pushing the thing back in, she was already soaking uh, towels and water. And then we, you know, I threw one on top of the, the exhaust. I opened it up, threw one on, on there and that squashed like 90% of the flames. So, so was it a grease fire? Like the it was grease a grease fire. Yeah. yeah. Just all the oil had caught and you know, those things inside the grill the oil splatters everywhere so mm -hmm. it's it needs to be cleaned every once in a while and it was definitely due for cleaning which i had to do that night scrubbing all the soot off the walls and everything <laughs> good times <laughs> yeah so uh i i am now at the point where i i have to put the whistle on and i have to visually check to make sure that the fire is actually on the right burner uh, so if you ever take a train in Japan, you see that the train drivers, they're always pointing at everything they do. That's part of their training. It's like they got to check the track to make sure it's clear. They check the light to make sure it's green or red. They, like they have to point and say. It's fun when you see a new train driver because they have to say everything out loud, even if oh. nobody else is there. They're like saying everything that they're doing. So now I have to do that when I use the oven because I'm an old man. And I get confused and I don't want to burn the house down. Let me tell you, that would have come in really handy when I was working with Bill. Because if Bill pointed <laughs> and actually said what he was doing, we'd have an efficient machine over there. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I got a, I got an electric kettle, like one that just plugs into, into the wall. And apparently that's mm. like a rare thing outside of North America. Like they don't have them in England. It's all this on the stove and... I don't know in Japan. Do they have like plug-in electric? Uh yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, I've seen okay. them. Okay. Okay. Well, apparently, it's, maybe it's just England where they don't have them as much. But it, it to me, it just sounds more like a '70s thing, like like something you'd see yeah. on the Brady Bunch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and and sometimes like the the thing doesn't like the lid doesn't click all the way down, so it'll it'll boil for a little bit longer, but. Mm -hmm. I, I, we actually that it. those are really popular here where it's like a an electric thing you put the, the water in you plug it in turn it on yeah beeps when it's done and then it's got a little spout so all you do is you hold your cup under it and you push a button and it'll just fill your cup no it's it's like a cat well, ours is like a kettle it sits mm. on a on a pad and you lift it up and and pour it in mm. Got a lot of comments here. There we go. What are we going here? Uh, Duke had the show. Duke and Tara had the show. Proof of vaccination before they entered Dave Matthews concert. I really don't. I personally don't mind. I don't care because I got it. You know, so it's easy. I, I don't mind showing it. And but I'm not like. 
whatever. I just yeah, I'll care. clarify my comments. I'm not a fan of it because I think it's not effective. Uh, I, I don't think it's yeah, like no. an intrusion of privacy or something of like, oh, you got to show evidence in the Nazi Germany and all that. I just think that it's basically wash your hands, social distance, mask. That's the stuff that helps keep you safe more than showing proof of vaccination. Well, you know, the- if you you still got to keep a little common courtesy of don't get all up in people's faces and don't pretend like, you know, you're not still potentially carrying and passing things around. So well, the, the minds, the, basically the mindset here is the people who got the vaccine kind of, kind of want an award or not an award. Yeah. A, a that's the thing. It's where like, they want special access I'm, to things. I'm special. Yeah. We get special access to, you know, baseball games and, and hockey and the movie theater and concerts while you don't because you did not get vaccinated. And it's supposed to encourage the people who haven't been vaccinated to get vaccinated. I, I, I don't know. Mm. Uh, Kyle says it's frustrating. People still can't be bothered to get a shot. Their actions are keeping this BS going. There's no denying that. Although two ladies on the view today got uh, COVID. They were actually having, they were supposed to have, I watched The View unironically, by the way. I don't care. I, I like that show. Um, I'm at work. I got nothing else to do, so I watch it. And uh, they were supposed to have the vice president on, uh, Kamala Harris. And it was going to be her first t- like in-studio TV appearance. And uh, they went through. They got through one segment, and then they just stopped the show, basically, and said two of the hosts have to leave because they both have COVID. Hmm. And <laughs> the other two had to like just you know, fill a, fill a show on top of their head. So they just took questions from the audience. Easiest thing to do <laughs> while they waited to set up a separate room for Kamala Harris to call in from, to do the, to do the interview. And they only got like one last segment from them, but it was pretty crazy where they just had to, had to stop the show. Two people have COVID. We got, yeah, we got it's the vice it's impressive that they still went on with it. I'm guessing if they had a different guest, maybe they would have just canceled. Yeah. Maybe it would. I don't, I don't know if they can, like they already started the show. That, that's, that's wild but i love that stuff that's live tv man uh let's see sarah says i have to show three things just to get in at work well okay i'm not going to, i'm not going there and um uh let's see um duke says tara and he him have tea every night he usually has peppermint tea sarah Ooh. and i have tea as well peppermint in the evening that's pretty wild well, you think that's a little too much? That's a little too rock and roll for you? That's, oh, man. <laughs> Not as young as I used to be. I, I like a nice uh, Lady Earl Grey in the, in the late evening. Lady um, Grey? Yeah. I, I definitely do not have caffeine after a certain point. Uh, it's like after 4 or 5 p.m. I stay away from the caffeine. Caffeine, yeah. I've been, I, I, caffeine and tea doesn't seem to bother me. It's only in coffee that it really bothers me. So I do stick to the decaf stuff like later in the evening if I'm going to have one at eight o'clock. But if I yeah. do, then I, you know, that's it. I'm up all night. I'm fully caffeinated right now. Even brought the big cup today. Yeah. No caffeine that late. Yes. Okay. Uh, so what do you want to do next? You want to talk about Norm McDonald or. Do you want to watch um, um, Sarah hit a stop sign? <laughs> it's your choice. What do you want? To <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to hear that, but we'll 
Yeah, I guess it's it's what it's been a week or so since Norm Macdonald's passed. I, I think like a week and a half. It was yeah, just it was a, a few while, days like after that. we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea that uh, he had cancer. He was sixty-one uh, only. Yep. Died. Wow. Nobody Died. knew. Nobody. This like, is you... one of those things that, like, if you hear that Clint Eastwood died, you'd be like, "Yeah, okay, no surprise there." Yeah, he's, just he's like up when Sean there. Connery died, it was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that." Yeah. But like when someone like Norm Macdonald, like he's not that old. Not now that old. I feel anymore. really old. Yeah, because he's like part of. That that generation, you know, that still should be around for a long time. And, right. Yeah. Like, you know, you got your the, the crazy ones like Chris Farley or whatever that, of course, are over the top. So, yeah, yeah you can see that. But Norm Macdonald was always low key. And, you know, this this kind of hit me the same way of hearing like, oh, Robin Williams committed suicide. Like, oh, mm. really? Yeah, that was weird. Phil Hartman got shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Norm Macdonald died. Oh, yeah. Well, and nobody was the wiser that he was sick. Like now I, I, you know, you look back at it and you think, and there, like you'd get like this crazy wave of output of material from him. Like he would start a Netflix show or something on YouTube or that sports thing or something. And there would just be like, and then he'd be quiet for a long time. And then he'd come back and then he'd be quiet and then come back. You know, and I just figured that's how he was, right? Like he just that's norm care, <laughs> right? Just make some money. Okay, I'm going to take some time off now. But it turns out he was fighting cancer for the last 10 years. So hmm. that really sucked. And it was weird, too, because uh, coincidentally, yeah, he died on the Tuesday. So I that Monday morning, the, the day before he died, um, I, I got into work and I was I was a little groggy and stuff. Because, you know, Monday morning, uh, and I'm like, you know what? To get things going uh, just straight, turn my phone off. I'm going to watch some... Uh, just some funny YouTube clips. And then I got, you know, in, in a Norm Macdonald, uh, like, like the second video I watched was a Norm Macdonald one. And then I just went down the Norm Macdonald thing. So I, I watched about 15 or 16 videos, you know, just him on random talk shows and on his own show and that. And it was just weird. Like the next day he was gone and it didn't, it didn't hit me like right away. Like when people said he was gone, I'm like, Oh man, that, that sucks. And then the next day it was like, he's, that's really, really bizarre that, you know, but that's cancer for you, man. Mm. Cancer sucks. Really sucks. Uh, anyways, I got I got a few Norm, a couple of Norm Macdonald clips here. I got uh, to me, Norm was at his best. There's really two occasions where Norm was at his best. Like he, like he was great and everything, but uh, he was always good on the talk shows. Mm. He had good uh, rapport with uh, Howard Stern. He had good rapport with uh, David Letterman, but really. I think the guy he had the best rapport with was Conan O'Brien because the other two guys he had like some sort of respect for, and he wouldn't go full norm with them. He would tell them things like outrageous things he said and did. Whereas on Conan, he would be outrageous. You know, he would just do some crazy stuff. So if you ever want a good time, just go watch some Conan O'Brien, Norm Macdonald, and Conan O'Brien. Fantastic four. What are we talking about here? And they go killed another one. Oh, that's not the Fandango effect. Uh, Team Coco. That's right. Okay. Fandango effect will be when we, you hear tomorrow that Clint Eastwood or, yeah. <laughs> or William Shatner just died. <laughs> that would be, that'd be a full Fandango effect. Um, 
but let's hope that's not that doesn't happen. So to me, so there's a lot of great Norm Macdonald clips on, uh, but they're they're kind of like they're ten to fifteen minutes long because Norm would go in like he would. I there was there was one story, one joke that he told, and after he told it, Andy said that was like a guy grabbing you and saying you got to see this, and then making you walk seven miles to show you a dog turd. You know, like. <laughs> Because Norm didn't care if he bombed, right? He was—he just had such confidence in his material. Whatever joke he was saying, like if it—if it bombed, that was your fault. You know, it wasn't him. He had like a little bit of uh, Andy Kaufman in him. You know, where he knew if you didn't get it, then you would get it later. Um, but there's one there's one clip on there, if, just in case anyone. I'm pretty sure most people have seen uh, this clip of of Norm on uh, Conan O'Brien. This was early on and he's on with uh, it's Conan and Conan's interviewing uh, Courtney something Smith. Oh, is this the, um, the carrot top movie? Yes. Okay. Now, by the way, just have you all know that I was actually, if you watch this live in Southern Ontario, when it originally aired, I was the guy behind the board running this episode. So just so you know, that's my connection to this, but she's on there. She's promoting this carrot top movie. And you know, like the kind of the rule is, is like, you don't kind of mess with the movie that they're there to promote. Right. <laughs> of course, Norm's not going to follow that rule, which is a very gutsy thing for him to do because he's basically roasting this movie, which, you know, if she wasn't in on it, if she didn't laugh, you know, that could go off like very, it could fall flat. But again, Norm didn't care if he fell flat. He didn't care if the joke bombed. So here's Norm and they're uh, with Conan O'Brien and Courtney Thornsmith. I think that's her name. That's how that's how famous she became talking about the Carrot Top movie. So hopefully this works. Hopefully this is queued up to the top here. Here we go. You are making a movie with Carrot Top, right? I made a movie with Carrot Top. Okay. <laughs> But uh, what's the movie going to be called? Really? Uh, I know what it's going to be called. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> if it's got Carrot Top in it, you know what a good name for it would be? What's that, Norm? Box Office Poison. <laughs> There's this movie coming out. Yes. Title undetermined at this point. Chairman of the Board. Oh. All right. Do something with that, you freak. <laughs> I, I bet the board is spelled B-O-R-E-D. So good, man. You just did not care, man. Just Quick wit. Care. Yep. That's the uh, one of the reasons he's great live is that, you know, when, when you're reading funny lines, you know, there, there's a certain staleness to it, you know, because Norm wasn't about delivery and acting. He just wanted to say funny things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So being live and just spontaneous there's no barrier no buffer no people saying well maybe you shouldn't say this maybe you should do it this way it's just get it out you know okay so of course his other great performance uh where he could be really silly was uh his impression of burt reynolds on the jeopardy <laughs> skit on snl classic stuff here's just a taste of it for you and Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with $14. Hey, hey, uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. 
Burt Reynolds. Uh, that's not my name. <laughs> okay. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? <laughs> you buzzed in. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yeah, well, that's your opinion. Great stuff. Uh, that's a great one. And, you know, I give I give Will Ferrell a little bit of a tough time because I, I his movies aren't the greatest. But Will Ferrell, there's one thing I got to give him credit for is that he he can do the the heel in, and he can also play the straight man. You know, there's not many com, uh, comedians that could do both like that. Mm. And he was an excellent straight man in the in those skits. But this isn't about Will Ferrell. It's about Norm Macdonald. Mm. So there you go. I just wanted to play those clips and say rest in peace, Norm. Oh man, that's a big loss. Big loss. Sounds like he lost a stop sign too. I didn't lose a stop sign. Sarah lost one. So, uh, what is this? I was, I think it was two. No, it was Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, <laughs> I get this call in the morning from Sarah, and she's a little bit, she's a little bit frazzled. Are you okay and, to tell this story? Or are you yes. going to get in trouble? Sarah, I, I talked to Sarah. She said it was okay. And she actually, so I could, I'm telling this story, but let me tell you, I, I actually have dash cam video Ooh. of it happening and she sent it in. She sent it in. So she tells me that she uh, hit the stop sign and I'm like, how did what, stop sign? Like, what? And she's like, it's, it's a stop sign. It's like a, a portable stop sign that the college she works for college and they put it they put it in the parking lot and they kind of move it around all the time mm-hmm. and she didn't see it and and she hit it so you know i asked her you know okay you're okay and all that she just shook it up and all that and i'm like take photos of everything you know like let you know let's let's uh you know make sure you get everything because i don't know who's at fault here i don't know what's going on and all that so she shows she shows me these photos she texts me the photos and the sign is like off in the middle of the parking lot. And I'm like, how you, you hit that? She's like, yeah, I hit that. And I'm like, I, I don't like, I don't understand what the stop sign's doing in the middle of the parking lot. So I'm like, get, you know, tell, uh, you know, security, you know, that they got to move this stop sign. Cause it's someone else is going to hit it. Uh, it was a very rainy day, by the way, it was very rainy and, 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 um, and, uh, gray. Like it was really hard. It was, it was hard to see. So I'm still not, comprehending how she hit a stop sign though because a stop sign is like octagon and it's red and you know it should even if it's raining in that it should you know usually they reflect a, a bit of light too yeah then she shows me the video and when i see the video i don't see the stop sign until she hits it I'm, and i'm looking for a stop sign so let me show you the video and we'll explain it. if you're listening we will explain it uh, um it's a little bit further in here. Today, are you expecting? So she waits for this person to park. With paper or their cell phone that they've been doubly vaccinated, or she's listening to News Talk 1010. Um, oh, we'll definitely be enforcing it. John, uh, we want to do. I'm really looking for the stop. Yeah, so look for the stop sign. So she's heading through the parking lot here now. Get to her parking spot. And there it is. Oh shit. Uh, and I know some of our staff definitely feel the same way. So, um, yeah, today we'll just have to Yeah, keep- yeah, so- yeah, yeah. Because it's, 
it's uh, sideways. Right. It's vertical. So when you come into the parking lot, it's set up to stop. So if you slow it down and you look at it frame by frame, you can see, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. So there is. It it does kind of pop out at you, though. I don't know. It looks like it looks like one of those um, lights in the distance. Yeah, exactly. You see so those there street are, lights back there. Yeah. So it's so it's an empty parking lot, and there's there's street lights there, and that's that's <laughs> what I thought too. It was, it was one of those. It was back in there with one of the street lights. Uh, but if you're listening to this, basically she came up to the stop sign on its side, so mm-hmm. it's this vertical thing, and it's it's on a gray pole, and the back of the stop sign is gray. You can see a little bit of the back of it, but it's against the back a gray sky and a you know uh, a gray. Uh, parking lot and it just blends in yeah and i i you know i i i could totally yeah see it. especially from a, a distance but yeah crazy yeah i i i don't know if uh, a cop would uh side with her on this but you got my vote I mean, you know, we're not looking to sue the college or anything like that over, over that. But like somebody else could hit that thing, and apparently it's other people placement, yeah. Apparently other people have hit it, and they just they just leave it out there until somebody. Why? Goes why in the world would it? I mean, she just pulls into the lot here, so this yeah. is like your access. You're going in this direction, right? Why in the so, world would they have a stop sign there? So, normally when there's tons of people at the college and there's not a pandemic, there's cars parked here and there, there'd be cars all parked. I don't know if you could see my mouse cursor. Can you see my mouse cursor? No. Okay. So you see on the, on the right there, there's like parking spaces along that cement barrier, right? Mm-hmm. So that there would be cars parked there and they're parked all the way that like that to the end. And that is like an, an outlet, like where traffic can go. So the stop sign is there to tell traffic that's coming from from the left you know to stop mm. so the traffic going forward where sarah is can it, they have the right the traffic where sarah is has a right away but there's no cars in the parking lot so she cut through the parking lot to get to her parking spot you know which is you know down there's sarah like picking up the pieces it's down over here right so she cut mm. through there which you know, you could falter for that, but uh, I mean that—that's something that could just happen to anybody. Eh, this seems like one of those things. Like if you just put some of that reflective tape all exactly. around the face or something. Exactly. Like I thought there was at at first when I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, there's a little bit of something there, but it turns out that it's just—I don't know if I could get to it. But it turns out it's just her headlights on gray. Like you'd think, oh, okay, there's a little bit of something there, but it's just her headlights hitting the, the gray. It's all gray. It's it's it basically invisible until you get pretty close to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the rain, but at that angle, even in the daylight, it's not easy to see. Yeah, absolutely. So the way that you know coming at it from the side. What a ridiculous setup, though. Ridiculous. Hmm. So I don't know. So she's supposed to send uh, the video off to, um, I hope I explained it right for people listening, but uh, she's supposed to send it off to, uh, you know, the, the powers that be at the college to get them to maybe uh, put some 
reflective tape on there or something. So because yeah. other mean, people yeah. have hit it. She's said that she's <clears throat> gone into that parking lot and it's it's all over the place all the time because other people have hit it. But people other people just, hit it and think, oh, I made a mistake. The parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Other people have hit it and they think, oh, I made a mistake. And they just, you know, they just leave it there. You know, and I'm like, well, you can't be like that. You got to, you know, speak up and say something, you know. Any any damage to the car? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the bumper is is uh, off. Like it's like there's these little clips and everything that hold the bumper. So the bumper came off, and a, a chunk of the bottom uh, came off. I didn't think to take any uh, show you any photos of it, but um, I'm glad Sarah's okay. It wasn't a yeah. hard collision. Yeah. So. Oh, everyone's talking about the moth joke. Yeah, the moth joke was great. I think that's the one that made the rounds. I think like the the expert comedians were, were telling everyone to watch Norm's moth joke. Uh, you recommended his fast, fantastic four bit. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. That was, I think that was on one of Norm's albums, or was it on Adam Sandler's albums? But Norm was in it. No, it was on his album. Yeah, that fantastic four bit. Yeah, that was good too. I don't know that one. He did have a good. Up. He did have a good album. Yeah, you can probably find it on YouTube. But that, yeah, that's a good one too. Uh, Sarah says she sent an email to Occupational Health and Safety Committee about it. All right, well, send them that video. Department of Public Safety was useful. Send them that video because that really shows that like anybody could hit that on a, even on a on a sunny day. You know, if you're just not paying attention, you know. Yes, you yeah. missed uh, all the norm talk, uh, Bill, and you miss uh, Sarah's uh, adventure with a stop sign. So, gotta go to the replay. Yep, rewind, because now we're going to talk about movies. <laughs> yep, for about ten minutes, because yep. I got it out oh. pretty soon. Oh, okay, you got a heart out. <clears throat> gotta take the kids to the dentist. Okay. Um, movies. I unintentionally watched a whole bunch of um, Tommy Lee Jones movies. It happens sometimes. Yeah, which I don't mind. I, I really enjoy Tommy Lee Jones. He's often the same in a lot of different movies. It's Tommy Lee Jones. But I really like Tommy Lee Jones. He, I mean, he. If you watch any of his movies before The Fugitive, he is a character actor. Whatever role they give him, mm. he gets into that character and that. After the fugitive, he just plays the guy from the fugitive in different situations. Kind of his delivery, his he he's usually like a. Um, I think in all three of these movies, he's like the person of authority mm -hmm. who who uh, is trying to catch somebody. The guy from the fugitive. <laughs> <He's> the <guy laughs> fugitive. <laughs> Even in, in like Men in Black, he's still kind of the guy from The Fugitive. Yeah. Yep. Um, what did I watch? I watched No Country for Old Men, U.S. Marshals, and for those who are interested, MCU Update. Well, I watched Captain America, the first well, one. Well, yeah. Look at that. I'm fine. How'd you in. like, how'd you like uh, Captain America? Captain America was fun. Um, it suffers from. It suffers from Captain America and an army man. Uh, but overall, it was fun. I really enjoyed when it got silly. When it got super silly and, and like with the giant 
giant tanks and red skulls car that's like yeah i like that like uh, 12 <laughs> feet what like yeah. 20 feet long or whatever like that stuff was really fun and the whole captain america selling uh bonds and and you yep. know just being used as a spokesperson yeah, that was it felt really very, great it felt a little paul verhoven ish it, it was it was a lot of fun the problem i have with the movie I've always liked Captain America as a character, as just like the, I'm I'm the spirit of America, gonna go fight the bad guys. Super thin, you know, it's like a nothing character. He's just adventure guy, gonna save the world. Yeah. Um, But he's kind of a boring character. Um, And especially in the, the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie, it's just every scene of Steve Rogers is just, I'm going to be an army guy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to serve my country. Show some respect for army people. And, you know, that's everything he says. He doesn't really have a character. He's just da, da, da. And the, the CGI head on the body was a little. Yeah, that did not age well. <laughs> I wish they could go back good. and do that. Yeah, redo yeah that. You, you don't have to go to such extremes. He doesn't have to be like the skinniest guy in the world. He, you could have him be like, you could have cast another actor. Yeah. They've done it before, yeah. But but though those parts, a little enough. And really just in any movie where your main character is an army guy, they're always just such boring characters. He's just army man. Like uh, that Suicide Squad movie. You know, there was just the one guy who's army guy. Um, you're going to follow the rules. And they just say Call of Duty things. You know, I, they're so boring. That first Godzilla movie that they made, it's army guy. Yeah. Army army guy stinks as a movie character. <laughs> well, where I thought they were going to go with, and I guess it was too heavy for, for uh, Mar- a Marvel movie, but I, where I thought they were going to go with Captain America was, because they give him this serum that gives him like the superpower, right? Which, mm-hmm. you know, don't do drugs, kid. Yeah, but you just took a drug that gave you a superpower. So I thought they were going to go a little bit more into that direction kind of thing. But they never did. They just kind of. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It was fun. It was fun enough. I'm going to take a wild prediction here mm-hmm. uh, and say that uh, Bucky comes back probably yeah, as a villain. It's pretty stupid. They put him right on the, the poster of the of the second film and there's, just, there's this character that comes in and they're like who is this guy he's a mystery guy we don't know who he is and it's like it's bucky you put him on the poster as this character <laughs> like i what are you thinking like what like this is so stupid you can't yeah. i i understand you can't keep anything a secret nowadays but there are some people that just don't pay attention and that would have been a nice little surprise for them in the movie but basic Filmmaking 101, the fall that happens to villains, you know, you fall from something into like the bottomless pit or whatever that happens to villains, or it happens when you want the ambiguous, oh, you think he's dead, but he's really not dead. It's very telling. Like the emperor always happens in Star Wars. He was dead. He was dead for, for 50 years and then they, or 40 years and then they brought him back. Did you see the last one? I still no. haven't seen that. No. I know I that he's in it. That's not him. There's always one guy out there, right? There's always one guy, like you say, you say something like in general. I'm speaking in general, but to be funny, like Tommy Lee Jones plays it. And then there's got to be one guy that comes out and says, 
actually, Batman Forever was after The Fugitive, and Tommy Lee Jones played a different character in that movie. Uh, uh, I, look, in general, he plays with me. I'm, just, I'm, he's I'm Tommy Lee Jones. Fine, it's uh, fine. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, good the guy. antagonist in Avatar was Army Guy, so cliche. It's so terrible. That movie was terrible. Yeah. Avatar was. It, it was was the Pocahontas. It was the Pocahontas story, basically. Same thing. I still haven't seen it. Um, so Captain America was good. Um, what else did I watch? U.S. Marshals, the follow-up to The Fugitive, which yeah. Fugitive is a great movie. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. And U.S. Marshals, I thought, was pretty fun, too. I mean, I, I guess... It was okay. It, it's fine unless you compare it to The Fugitive. The Fugitive, yeah. Because it's the same movie. Yeah. It's the exact same movie. I, I saw that in a drive-in in Pembroke, Ooh. Ontario, and I was getting eaten alive by mosquitoes while watching this U.S. Marshals. Uh, Tommy Lee but Jones. I've watched is, it. Tommy I watched Lee it Jones again. It. Yeah, it's the same same thing, pretty yeah. much. But it was it was kind of interesting how because they were the antagonists, sort of like in the in kind, the, kind of yeah in the first movie and in this movie they kind of flipped it and made them the the heroes, which was you know something. I like him and his little team. They they had yeah. a nice they had a nice vibe. And then I watched this No Country for Old Men, which I had no mm. idea what it was about. I remember hearing about this movie. Um, That's with Javier Bardem, right? Uh, sure. Uh, it's got Tommy Lee Jones in it. Okay. Yeah. The guy with yeah. the hair. The guy with the hair and the, yeah. the pneumatic air pressure yes. thingy yes. thingy. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that movie was so tense and, and enjoyable until the last like 15 minutes when I had no idea what happened. Uh, yeah, I can't remember, but I, I, I have a the feeling ending, I had the same vibe. The ending has like a weird twist of like, what happened? You know, the movie just ends. It, it's a really good movie. It's but I watched it late at night, and I don't know if I wasn't smart enough to figure out the ending, or if I was just really tired. But it just kind of ends. Well, it's a Coen Brothers movie. Coen right? Brothers movie, yeah. yeah, really well made. So great, so tense, like the entire way through. I was, I was on the edge of my seat, mm-hmm. as they yeah. say. Uh, and then the ending is a little like, basically, it's like ah, no, nobody wins, you know. And I get it, but it, but I was thrown for a loop there. Bill's asking how the plane crash scene holds up. I'm not sure which movie he's talking about. Uh, that's U.S. Marshals. I. I can't tell you because I started watching the movie a little while ago and then I stopped and then I finished it. So the, basically the plane crash scene was where I stopped earlier. <laughs> so I, I, I did think it was really impressive that they had the full plane, you know, in the water. It was clearly not like a, a CGI thing. They just mm. had a big ripped up plane in, in the ocean. They're lifting it up on cranes. That stuff uh, is fun to look at. I love seeing real things. Real things are good. Real things are great. All right. Um, I'm glad I'm going to jump into one of your movies because I also watched um, Goldmember. Okay. And and I, I stand with you. Three movies all the way. Totally fun. Yeah. Solid, solid trilogy. Yeah. I, re- I, I forgot how good the third one is because a lot of the sayings and stuff like that have like, I forgot fat bastards in the second one, you know? And I'm yeah. like, the second one's not, not as, you know, it, it's a little bit of a dip. Like we talked because of Heather Graham, but really 
it's not that it's 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 good i mean you got your mini me and fat bastard and all that yep. stuff and then the third one's got gold number in it yeah. the 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 reason i remember i'm i'm thinking why i i didn't think so highly of the third one is like you said heather graham is kind of a dip in that second one but she's not as bad as beyonce in the third one you think she beyonce is was worse? such a terrible actress <laughs> and i'm like i had no idea what they were doing with her character but I believe that oh, there you uh, go. Bill is with you here. Yeah, she. It seems like maybe they cut away scenes with her because she was so bad. She really isn't in the movie that much. She's not in there. That she's not really the love interest. She's just a female character that they yeah. kind of tease as the love interest, but not really. But she's so awful, and she just seems out of place. And a lot of the jokes they do with her, like her hair is always different. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, it doesn't fit. You cut away her parts and you got like everything else in the movie is hilarious. She, she's just a flat note. Well, that just goes to show you how good Elizabeth Hurley was in that first movie. She was great. And she even the, came back to kill her character off in the second movie. Heather what a Graham good and Beyonce were terrible. They like, they're just, they needed to find someone who had some comedic chops to I, yeah. be in that movie. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where they just got the star of the minute and uh, put it. Yeah. Well, Grant's not a bad looking girl. I, I But her acting, at least in that movie, I don't think I've seen anything else that she's been in. That's right. No. She was in that. She was on rollerblades in that porno movie. Dick Dur- Durgler, whatever the hell that's called. Uh. But I don't think I've seen her in anything else. Okay, how much time you got? Do we got time to talk about? Um, yeah, you got like five minutes. Okay. Uh, well, let's. I, I watched Beverly Hills Cop three. I thought two was bad. Three. <laughs> I've heard bad it's, things. Three I've starts heard. off really good because it's he, you know, he brings the character back down to the basics. He's wearing like a coat and jeans and stuff like that. He's not like you know, high up there, Axel, he's back to like doing the, the, the stuff on the streets and he gets into a kerfuffle in, uh, in Detroit. And then of course they have to find some asinine reason to bring him to Beverly Hills because he's the Beverly Hills cop and he gets there. And he's, he's basically like stopping people. Like there's like a mass drug deal thing going through like this, whatever the version of Walt Disney is in the in this in this world and it's just really stupid it's really bad and the character like he you could tell he's trying not to be eddie murphy from the 80s he's trying to be like you know this new like i can act eddie murphy and i want more serious roles kind of thing so he really plays down the comedy they bring back serge who in the first movie was like he worked in this art thing and this one he's dealing weapons like high grade weapons because they needed like a way to get Axel to get his hands on this crazy weapon thing. And it's just not good. Not good. Yeah, I've heard nothing but terrible things. Get the first movie, put that in your collection. Just live there. Uh, you don't See, need the, the other the, two. The odd thing about that, Eddie Murphy trying to act and, you know, wanting to do more serious stuff. His best movies were like the first four he did. Yeah, uh, the trading places, coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop, a forty-eight hours—they're great. They're all great movies. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree. And then you know, well, is I don't think he's 
Well, he did do those Nutty Professor movies that made a ton of dough. In the 90s or yeah. like late 90s, early 2000s, he did so many like family comedies. The Nutty Professor, Dr. Doolittle. He started doing the Shrek movies. He was like all about that stuff. He really started getting that money doing uh, the Disney uh, family-friendly movies. Yeah. Boy, we've come. To, this is how low we've come. People bragging about movies they have on VHS. It's pretty sad. Wow. Pretty sad. Okay, one more movie I want to talk about. VHS is a new hotness in the community. Before, I know. it's. I finally watched uh, Bill and Ted 3. Whatever. What's the official title? Bill and Ted. Face the music. Face the music. Are you team Vox or are you team Eider? Why? What? What? Team I, I think it's a flawed but fun movie. Steven uh, hates it. Hate? Oh, no. Um, no, I am on uh, Team Vox then. I think it's okay. fun, but it is flawed. It's not It's not perfect. It does kind of drag a little bit in some spots. And it's I think, very repetitive of past actions. I think the, the actresses that they got to play Bill and Ted's daughters weren't really strong enough to get through those scenes. Like It mm-hmm. seemed like the movie really re- needed to rely on them to get them through that B story that was going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were strong or funny enough you know like they, they needed to give them the something b story more. was a little too heavy it should have been a little more focus on bill and ted and just have them as little diminished roles there. right now and the stuff that they i thought they were really like there were some scenes that were really funny i love the scene so there's parts in this movie where they're chase bill and ted are trying to chase them their future selves to get this song because they're trying to cheat to get this song that's going to save the universe and future bill and ted knows everything that past bill and ted's done so at one point they put buckets on their heads (laughs) so they don't know where they're going so future bill and ted don't know what they're doing that had me laughing so hard that was that was clever clever yeah and and only those two could pull that off. It was yeah. really well done. That was my favorite scene <laughs> by far. That was good. The big rubber suits when they see their their muscled up selves. Yes, like oh, all that yeah, stuff was really ahead. fun. Yeah. I my one hindsight wish is I thought they would have done something where they meet various versions of themselves, you know, over the past couple of years. And then I thought towards the end maybe time travel would kick in and they would start pairing up with different versions oh, of themselves. Something. Yeah, that would have been something. Which I know would have been a lot more time in makeup. It's like, okay, now you have to put on the big rubbery suit and right, you're just yeah. going to wear the goatee and that. But I thought that would have been more fun than just doing the gather famous people and go to heaven and hell, bringing yeah. that stuff back again. It would have been something new. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I I thought it was a fun movie, at least as good as the second one. I thought, you know. Oh, I know you really like that in, second this one. This is kind of a distant third for me, but it's still acceptable. I, I, I know you really like that second one, but I think that second one has second one some good stuff. Great. But I, I I'm I'm in the opinion where one and two are pretty much on level. In they're very different, but they're they're both great. This one's a little yeah. dip, but happy to have it. Absolutely. I'm not embarrassed by it. Even though you get to see uh, Keanu Reeves' crazy caveman face that he tends to hide behind his John Wick beard now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Uh, he definitely looked he looked okay in some scenes, but when he had that long hair, he definitely looked like an old woman. <laughs> he he looked like like a like an aged rock and roll guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he I, just as much as he wanted to do this movie, he didn't seem excited at all to be in it. Yeah, and I think they they didn't. I was expecting a few more cameos from some big time. Like they had David Grohl in there, but there wasn't really. I was expecting a little bit more. Um, they had some rapper guy. I never heard of him. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, I guess Naz young or something. People I, might know. I young know. people who don't know what Bill and Ted is will know who that rapper yeah, is. Right, exactly. Or don't know who David Grohl is. Who's that guy? I don't know. Um, and then I, I just I watched Ruthless People because the Bette Midler thing had had to carry on. As that movie holds up, man, that's a good movie. I don't know why it tanked. Have you ever seen Ruthless People? Nope. Funny movie. It's a it's it's got more of a Danny DeVito vibe, but I guess it uh, it's it's directed by the Zucker Brothers and Abrams. So I guess uh, airplane the, guys, right? Right, and Naked Gun. And Naked that. So Gun. I, yeah. I guess like the reason why it tanked, I think, is that people went there thinking that it was going to be a movie like Airplane, but it's it's more of a Danny DeVito, you know, that dark kind of humor in that. Mm-hmm. That is really good. Uh, then I watched I watched Stakeout. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Richard Dreyfuss lately, but damn, he was good in that movie. That was a good movie with him and Emilio Estevez. Stakeout, like they're kind of creepy in the movie in hindsight, like you know that 80s because they're creeping on this this woman, but it was still good. And the final movie I watched was uh, Paul. I finally seen Paul, which is uh, is that that alien movie with Simon alien, Pegg? Right. So it's Simon Pegg and and uh, Nick, Nick Frost. Frost. Written by them, directed by some other guy. I thought not, um, not um, Edgar Wright. No, I don't think so. It was some, okay. some other guy. Wait, I, I, maybe it was. I don't know. Anyways, I, I I thought I had seen the movie before, but I wasn't I wasn't sure. And then I started watching the movie. I'm like, yeah, no, I have never seen this before. Um, but really funny, really good. Hmm. Kristen Wiig was in it. And she was good. Uh, Greg Motola. Hmm. He's the guy who directed it. Okay. I haven't also, seen it. He's the director super bad. That was the the thing. Anyway, it's really good. I recommend it. It's got Seth Rogen does the voice of the of the alien. Oh, God. No, not a huge fan. But I know he's fine. I, I, what he bugs fine. me is that he's in everything. Look, you got Simon Pegg, you got Nick Frost, they're hitting home runs. You, you don't have to worry. And, and Kristen Wiig was really good in it. So you know, Seth Rogen, he's fine. It's just his voice. It's not him in it. So yeah. it's his voice. It's fine. It's good. I recommend it. I think you should watch it. I think you'd like it. I'll see. There you go. Bill, lo- I'll Bill see. loves Paul. There's not too many movies Bill and I agree on. So there you go. Mars thumbing up a Rogan. Wow. I don't think it's a it's a Joe Rogan movie. That's a Simon Pegg movie and Nick Frost movie. That's their they wrote it. Seth Rogen's like on their coattails. You know, if it's written by Seth Rogen, then we got, we got issues. We got problems. There you go. It's just a difference of opinion, Bill. It's not, why am I talking to Bill? This is a show. All right. That's it. We're done. That was a jam packed show. A lot of content. Fandangles like that, but a lot of stuff happened. So there was Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff to talk about. Boner comments, <laughs> Discord. What's what, what, how to end this thing? 
Uh, yeah, go to a Discord because there's a Discord. Put something in there. There hasn't been anything in there in a while. So what the heck? Why not? You know, by the way, this is the first time in forever that I haven't done a podcast in between Fandangos. Like I've done nothing Ooh. for the past two weeks. No wonder you got so much content. That's yeah. Cool it everywhere when I else. save it for here, right? That's that's what I should do. Uh, follow us on Twitter at retro underscore Fandango. I got to update this because there is no more STC pod. Rest in peace, STC pod. Get a boner with retro Fandango. That's it. Crash a plane unless Bill's got Bill. See, I'm even calling you Bill now. <laughs> unless Richard has something more to say, we'll end it here. Uh, make sure you put the whistles on your tea tables. Turn the right burner on. Turn on the right burner. Yeah, because... Even if you put the whistle down, it still takes time for that whistle to, to show up. So if you forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Get an electric kettle. I don't think so, Bill. I think, uh, I think Joe has written off in the sunset and he left you hanging there. <laughs> You're still holding on. Maybe he whatever. just needs a little time. We'll let Joe I, I think cool Joe's down done. and then Joe, uh, Mr. YouTube. We'll back. He's all on the YouTube. It's all about that. What you got to do, Bill, is uh, just have a Transformers-focused topic, you know, cater to his uh, interests. I don't think I don't think that Come works. In. I don't think that works with Joe. You need to have what Bill needs to start doing is STC Pod with uh, with a pretty lady. Oh, and that'll, get, that'll get Joe back. What's Heather Graham doing these days? There you go. Get Heather Graham on. Get Beyonce on there. By the way, she was Beyonce Knowles in that movie. She was not Beyonce yet. Fun fact. Uh, that's true. That yeah. is true. All right. That's a great fact to end this show on. I couldn't think of a better one. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks, Bill. Thanks you, to everybody in the comments. Sarah. So many people here today. Mighty Q-Dog. It's Rocket Sauce. And Duke. Uh, and, uh, Kyle. Steven for a second. Chris Roberts. Kyle. Chris Roberts. Lots of comments here. Thunder Bay Arena Rock Scotch on the Rock. This is like VHS show level of of con of comments. Almost, mm. not quite, but almost there. Wow. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. Bill, start talking about VHS on regular STC Pod and and get Heather Graham, mm. and then STC Pod will come back. It's the winning formula. But everyone will hate it because Heather Graham's on there. She can't act. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. And there you go.